Hey, it's George Free. Welcome to the Martial Arts Media Business Podcast. Today, I am interviewing a true master in martial arts and business, Buzz Durkin. So I was really fortunate to spend some time with Buzz when I hosted our Martial Arts Media Intensive event, which was part of the Bushy Band Power Week hosted by none other than Grandmaster Zolfi Ahmed. And so we had part of the Bushy Band Power Week we hosted the Martial Arts Media Intensive and I had Buzz share a talk in regards to retention and keeping students for life and how they how they basically work all their marketing from the ground up. I was so inspired by the speech, well, so was everyone else. He got a true standing ovation and I invited him to speak at one of our events online, which is the Partners Intensive, and our members were just blown away by by the information and I wanted to bring that over to you as part of this part of the podcast so I'm going to share a video on this page so you want to go visit it martialartsmedia.com forward slash 147 Buzz shared a video during his talk showing the average Saturday how much experience how many black belts they have it it ranged from four four years to I think 44 44 years, 40, 44 years experience. And I can't recall call counting. There was at least 20, 30, got to be like 30 people at least. Um, anyway, Buzz is truly a master at really keeping it simple, keeping students for life. And he's got some really, really valuable strategies to share. So without further ado, jump in. All the show notes on martialartsmedia.com forward slash 147 that's the numbers 147 jump in let's go ladies and gentlemen hi everybody good evening are you ready keep this frequency clear i know you're gonna dig this i am okay here we go check check it out you're listening to the martial arts media podcast where you the martial arts school owner gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business now here's your host the founder of martialartsmedia.com george Faree. Buzz Durkin, welcome to the Martial Arts Media Business Podcast. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm happy to be here with you, George. So uh, good to see you again, and we'll we'll loop back to that story. But uh, a, a question I always like to ask first is, what's the number one thing that you do to attract new students into your school? Well, the number one thing we do after all these years that's evolved to is internal marketing. We do internal marketing with some social presence, too. We do a lot of posting on Facebook, Instagram, just about every day or at least every other day. And uh, our, our main venue for acquiring new students is through I I internal marketing, uh, parents' nights out, pizza parties, birthday parties, where we encourage our students to bring their friends uh, inviting their friends and school teachers to our below black belt promotions. So we, we concentrate mainly on the student body that we have and how can we grow that family from, from, from within primarily. Very interesting. So everything from the inside out. And so when it comes to promotions, then 
is it's you're still sort of doing a little bit of outbound because you're saying with the social and so forth, but the focus is what's happening internally and making that the message to attract more students. Yes, we like to make our students raving fans and we like to make our students want their friends to study and train with them. Whether Easy, they're, I love whether, it. They're, whether, they're, whether they're five years old or 50 years old. So uh, we, we try and provide a high degree of value in every single class so that the students will want to talk about what a great experience they had. And like we say, teach we don't teach good classes here. Every class has to be a great class. And I think exactly. the marketing, I think anything starts on the floor. I think it, it all starts with good instruction. You have to have something of substance that you're teaching and you have to do it in an effective way. I think it, it all ebbs and flows on, on the quality of instruction on the floor. Everything from, should spring forth from that, I think. Now, I, I know you're the master at keeping students and I just want to tell this little backstory. So we, we met officially the first time at Grandmaster Zolfi's uh, Bushy Band Power Week, where we got to uh, host our event during the, power, uh, during the Power Week, which was the Martial Arts Media Intensive. And Buzz Durkin was one of, the, one of the featured speakers. And you shared a video during your talk that I can't recall how many students there were. But and I'm probably I'll I'll if that's okay with you I'll share it, um, I'll share it within this podcast just in the show notes that people can see it. But you had, I think I counted about at least 20, 25, 30 students that have been with you from four years to about fifty years. Is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We we let one one junior black belt was in there, so there was one four year. Yes, but but that is correct. <laughs> That's correct. So what keeps that level of community and unity and commitment? Because, I mean, yep, yep, we love martial arts and we love dedicating ourselves to the art, but staying to the course for that long, there's there's got to be something more to that, right? Well, I think a lot of teachers think of the martial arts, I think of regardless of style, of uh, being one-dimensional, physical develop that sidekick, develop that armbar, develop that spinning back kick. And it's, it's multidimensional. And my philosophy always been is if, if, if through your physical curriculum, through the physical curriculum of doing the sidekick, the punch, et cetera, if, if by doing that, if you can show your students or the people who are studying with you how to develop mental, emotional, and even spiritual strength, they'll stay with you forever. And the reason is they need their mental strength they need that emotional strength more than they need the physical strength out in the real world i mean what is a student more likely to use on a daily basis a, a spinning back kick or courtesy or self-control so i think the secret for for us has been we're able to use our physical curriculum and through the physical curriculum make the student aware of the fact how it helps them mentally emotionally spiritually i mean when i say spiritually i don't mean in a religious sense but in an attitudinal sense so I, I think having the uh, approach that it's multidimensional and the, everything's based on the physical curriculum, and that's why they come to us. That's why they, they do martial arts. They want to learn how to defend themselves, and that's, that's critical. But, but that's, not where the, that's not the end-all, be-all if you want to keep students making it a part of their life. And I think what happens is 
there's so much negativity out in the world, it can drain your batteries. It can make you, whether you're an adult who has an obnoxious boss at work or whether you're a, a young person who's having a tough time in school, the, the, uh, the outside world can, can drain your energy. I like to think of the people come down to the dojo, it's recharging their batteries, recharging. Why are they being recharged? They're being recharged because they're being in a supportive group. They're being with friendly people. They're being with cooperative people. They're being with people who want to get better like them sharing the same goals. And that stuff, that stuff doesn't get old. So physical alone gets old. And so I'm the best sparrer in the dojo. I can beat everybody up in the dojo. So what? In, 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 the, in the scheme of life, what does that mean? Now, it's important to have those skills. I'm not uh, saying that it isn't. But uh, it, it doesn't get old that I need my self-control. Someone cut me off in traffic driving the car. Do I lose my temper or can I, can I take a deep breath? And, and if, if, a, if a good teacher relates what's going on on the floor with these types of incidences outside the dojo, I think it's going to make people want to want to keep coming back. It's uh, it's really a unique community that we all have in that it is, it's more than lifting weights. It's more than going to the gym. It's uh, it's a unique community where the, the body, the mind, and the spirit are all developed. Now, we all know this. And I don't want to sound cliché-ish. But it's but it's 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 important. We we have the ability to to do that through our wonderful martial arts, and the teachers that do that will will find that the students want to keep coming back to recharge the batteries, keep coming back to recharge, and they'll use your dojo, your school, as a place to do that. So that's that's what I have found, and that's what's worked well well for us. So it, it's not unusual on a, on a Saturday morning for us to have. 30 plus black belts, all of whom have been studying at least 25 years. And these aren't senseis. These are just people who, adults who want to get, enjoy it. And another thing that happens when you take that approach is uh, you develop a wonderful sense of community, wonderful sense of, not to be too corny, but a wonderful sense of family. People like to come and, and develop friendships over the years. And some of the best friendships are through the dojo. And uh, coming to a class is seeing my buddy I haven't seen in a week or a couple of nights. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I love that. So, so on a practical sense, so we've, we've got the direction The it's, it's more about not so much about the physical, well, it is about the physical, but it's way more higher level. F physical plus. Physical plus. Right. So let's talk about that plus like on a, on a practical sense. Because you've got your curriculum and you've got the things that you're teaching. How how on a practical level do you do you teach all that on the mats? Well, let's suppose we have a uh, a student who we know is lacking in confidence. We work with that student in developing confidence and saying how important confidence is in life, etc. So we might, when the student is ready, we set them up for success. We might have that student perform individually in front of the entire class. Set everyone off to the side, have the student do a particular technique, a different kata or kumite or, or whatever. And just by doing that, getting up in front of a supportive, uh, friendly, happy pe people, uh, they, they, they gain confidence. And before that student would leave the middle of the floor, we'd say, now that's the same confidence you can use in 
doing your sales project or your sales presentation tomorrow. Uh, same thing with, 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 with the, the kids. If, if someone's uh, shy, introverted, we set them up so that they can come out of that shell a little by, by doing a, something maybe in front of the class or in front of, uh, in front of several of the teachers. And we always relate that to, you can use that in school tomorrow, can't you? Or you can use that at work. Do you see how easy you could do it? And so using the, the physical curriculum, and, and, and I don't want to sh sell that short. I mean, the students have to be in shape. If you teach fluff, they'll, they'll, never, they'll never come back. But if you can teach something that'll, that'll stick with them, uh, mind, body, spirit. It's like, we need, I just really believe we need to, everyone needs to be charged up. There's so much that will drain. Is uh, support, support from one student to another. And one of my favorite sayings is, as the individual gets better, the class gets better. As the class gets better, the individual gets better. So it's mutually symbiotic thing that, uh, the, the class gets better and I'm a member of that class. I can't help but get better physically, mentally, showing more self-control. Uh, I mean, the self-control that a black belt may use working with a junior student, we articulate that's the same self-control you're going to use X, Y, and Z outside the dojo, you know. Uh, the same type of fear that's overcome by sparring someone in a safe way in the dojo is, is the same kind of fear you'll overcome when you have to do a project at work or uh, things like that. So... So I, I just, I know it sound like a broken record. I keep going back to it, but I think it's so important. If through your physical curriculum, you can develop in your students mental, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional strength. We all need emotional strength. Let's face it. Uh, I think you'll be you'd be well served, and students appreciate that. Students become aware of that. How much the dojos help them, and even people that leave will come back. I mean, this this. This week alone, we had two black belts come back, one of whom has been away for 13 years and the other has been away for four years. So it's just, it's, they, they felt a, ne a need that to get back into the, the camaraderie of the dojo, the support of the dojo and the, uh, the physical excellence of the dojo. Love it. So it's really subtle in a way. It's, it's you're teaching the physical, but always noticing where does this apply in life? And yes. Yes. You, yeah. Yes, and I, I think that's very important. If, if it's if it's it's my op opinion. If it's just physical, physical is important. But if it's just physical, that's not a reason to keep a forty-five-year-old man who's been with. It just, you know, it, it's it's got to be more than physical, but along with the physical. Am I making any sense? Hundred percent you apply and talk in Pasadena um, I invited you over to speak to our partners group online and um, they they were really thankful for that um, again Buzz you were the favorite of the event just got to tell you <laughs> that <laughs> um, you say that to everyone <laughs> no well you know well I've got to say like I know I know as I know we don't have egos in martial arts right no, but no, we, we, up... we, we, we martial artists don't have any ego, right? <laughs> no, no, nothing. Not at all. But when you put up a three-day event and you put in all the effort and you hear that, you know, you went to favorite, it's uh, it's, it's something that you've got to process. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so our members uh, were really thankful for you uh, for you sharing all, all the strategies and the philosophies. One thing that stuck was a three-step process that you use um, within awareness and taking action. Do you mind sharing that? We have what we call the AAA theory, and you have a, an awareness of what's going on, an appreciation for what's going on, and you take action. So I think it's so important to be aware of what's going on at your school. And don't hide behind a desk. Don't hide in the, in the office with the door locked. Having an awareness of, 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 of what's going on. And is, by the way, isn't that what we teach? We teach awareness and how to become more aware. So awareness, appreciation, and action. So our students are always, our teachers are always looking for, for, for reasons to do that. That I used was, and, and this was not too long ago, uh, I walked by the men's changing room in front of, before a class, and one of our students who's been with us for a while uh, said, uh, I, I bought a new truck. So my ears picked up, and he was talking to his buddies in the changing room about how he's got this new truck. He's so thrilled with it. He's so happy with it. It's beautiful. So we came out to the dojo, and before class started, I said, hey, congratulations on your new truck. I heard you got a new truck. Oh, I did, Mr. Dirk, and it was great. I appreciated the fact that he was so enthusiastic about it, that he told his buddies about it, that he was very excited about it. So I showed an appreciation. I said, congratulations. Good for you. I think that's wonderful. Before I went home that night, I took out one of my little note cards and said, no, no, I take it back. I took out one of my note cards and I said, uh, congratulations, Dave, on your, on your new truck. The next morning, I went up to the local the gas station up the street and I got him a $50 gift card for a tank full of gas. Or, or nowadays, a quarter tank full of gas. But, so I sent that $50 gift certificate with my personal little note and I just wrote, happy motoring, an old expression, happy motoring. And sent it off to him. And when he came in next week, he, he was telling everybody, oh, my God, look at Mr. Durkin did. Look at the dojo did. And I thought it was he was just so appreciative. Now, here's the other side of the coin. He's a third degree black belt. He's been with me a long time. His two children are junior black belts. All the income they have paid the dojo. What's $50? To, I mean, it's like nothing. It was a no brainer. To, so it's $50 out of pocket versus thousands of dollars that he's paid on martial arts training for his children. And another example is awareness. I was, not a class goes by. I'm not teaching a, a junior class, for instance, and I'll still go out and shake hands with all the parents. I think that's critical. I welcome them like I'd welcome them if they came to my house. And I, I saw a mother whose little younger sibling uh, was sitting next to her who's not a student. Her brother is on the floor as, as a youngster. And the mother said to me, look at little Joni. She just got a kindness award, a kindness award from her class at her elementary school. And I said, that's great, little Joni. Congratulations. So I had an awareness. I was glad I found out about that. I showed appreciation for it. I said, that's very meaningful. That's what martial arts is about, too, being kind to people. And before I went home for the night, I wrote a, a little note saying, I wrote to Joni, care of her parents, of course. And I said, congratulations on getting your kindness award. That's wonderful. Two, three sentences. Well, you would have thought the next time they came in that they won an Academy Award, you know, that the mother was thrilled and it was so nice. It's very interesting. I'm a strong believer in handwritten notes. And uh, what do we get in the mail? In, in, in America, we get, we get bills and junk mail and very little personal mail. 
So what, what we have found is when we get when we send out these notes, so often they end up on the home refrigerator, tacked to the refrigerator for everyone to see. So I haven't, uh, I call it the triple eight theory, have an awareness of what's going on outside the school with you, with your students and appreciate, take an appreciation for it, even though it may not be that big a deal to you. And that's no good unless you take action and acknowledge it. So we, we, we I think we do a pretty good job of, of, of doing that. And uh, man, that's triple eight theory, action, awareness, appreciation and action. And it feels like the personal note always loops into this strategy, right? It's it's always the the thank you, the appreciation part, and the the action and appreciation part is always based on showing the appreciation via physical notes. Almost almost always. Uh, almost always. I mean, no, no, depending on the situation, uh, we'll make phone calls. George, I, this is going to sound really weird, and I don't want you—I don't want our, our people listening to think I'm too weird. But it's not unusual if, if, if uh, on certain students' birthday, we'll call them up and have two or three members of the staff sing a happy birthday to them. That's so, epic. So just, just, just why? Because it's fun, and we don't take ourselves too seriously. I think it's important to be self-deprecating, and uh, yeah. So, so through cards through uh, phone calls, through messages, through private messages. So I, I, I think, I don't think you can communicate too much. And I think you should not be afraid of communicating with your students. And everyone likes to feel special. You like to feel special, I'm sure. I like to feel special. And every opportunity you have to make your student feel special, he's gonna reaffirm the fact that, man, am I glad I'm here. Uh, and I think every teacher who's who, who's teaching martial arts has the opportunity to make their students feel special. And I'm not talking about rah-rah, way participation awards, yay, yay, yay. I'm talking about balancing that with something of substance, something that could save someone's life, something that could keep somebody out of trouble. And uh, a place where someone develops so much confidence in themselves that they never have a need to fight. And And, and you can develop a place where they have so much confidence in themselves and they're, they're having a great time doing it. The, the students will, will, will just, just stay. And again, I'll, I'll keep going back to uh, more than one dimensional. Now, I, I come from a very traditional style. It's called Weichiru, U-E-C-H-I, Weichiru. It's an Okinawan style of karate. We have four kumites, two-person uh, two prearranged drills, and we have eight kata. And that's all we have. That's what we do. So, but we're able to integrate all these things into is more what's happening outside the dojo walls than what's happening inside the dojo walls. You know what's what's important and to keep people coming back is your belief as the sensei in what you do. Your belief in in what you do. Uh, the students, if they see something in you, they like. If they see something in you, they admire. If they see something in you that they want, some skill that they want to have, and they realize that you you got that skill through the curriculum you're teaching them, they'll they'll buy into it. Very cool. I love it. <laughs> I want to chat just more about sure. um, a, a little bit going into your your history because I was I was looking 
I was looking here and I was, I was seeing that you opened your first martial arts school in 74. That's a good three years before I was arrived in Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, it goes, it goes, it goes back. It it feels it feels like you've got this such a strong obviously devotion to your martial arts, but then yes. it feels like these traditions have it's very simple what you do, but you do it so elegantly and with such focus, and it's obviously just paid off heaps and bounds to your success in the industry and, and mind, body, and spirit. Where where does all this originate from? Is it is it come all the way back to the roots that this evolved from? Or maybe I can ask it in a way, in a different way, and that is like what where does Buzz Durkin get recharged? Well, that's, that's very interesting. I started my training in 1966, and times were very different then. Martial arts schools were small, dingy, dirty, and if you wanted to really train, you'd have to go up onto the fourth floor of a building to get to the dojo. You know, no one rented space on the first floor. It was too expensive. And it always kind of bugged me that the martial arts schools were, were like that, were no showers, no good facilities. They weren't ventilated properly. And yet health clubs at the time were springing up all over America in beautiful, beautiful facilities. And it, why, why, should, why can't a martial arts school be like that? So my, one of my missions was to build our own school and have it build it to custom to our, our, our design and, and make it a place where a student would be proud to come, a place where a student would be proud to show their friends, this is where I work out. And uh, so in 1974, I opened the dojo. And for 14 years, we rented a space, about 1,800 square feet, and with the goal of someday building our own school. And that, that dream came true in 1988. We built our own freestanding building, 8,000 square feet. Uh, it, it's beautiful. It's got hardwood floors, showers, locker rooms, the whole, the whole thing. And it's 35 years later, 1988, and it still, it still holds up. People come in, and they think it's a new building. Wow. So... I know, George, how much martial arts training helped me. I know how, how much it helped me and what it's done for me in my life. And if I can give back just a fraction of that to even one student, I will consider my mission a, a, a success. So I know how much it's, it's helped me and what it's done for me and how it's, as, as time has gone on, how it's enabled me to make a wonderful living. And uh, if, if I can just have that happen to the students who study with me, that'd be great. You know, one thing I'm very proud of, we have an association, 12 of my senior students own their own dojos. And they, they make a wonderful living teaching. They're all professional martial artists. And it's, it's, it's just a wonderful thing to see. And we all get together for seminars, black belt testing and uh, social events. So, you know, I don't know. It's it's like everyone listening to this call. You just love martial arts, and uh, it, it's it's, the, it's in my opinion, there's nothing better than it. So what got, what got Buzz, Dirk, and I I I just know how much it did for me. When I grew up, I grew up in an upper middle class family. Never got into fights. Never got into never was troublesome. I went into the service for a couple of years because I had to because everyone was doing it at that time. And I just thought martial arts training, karate would be something good to know. 
as I go off into the military. And that's, I never had a dream that I'd be doing it full time 50 something years later. That's, that's, that's what happened. And I don't regret one single day of it. Amazing. Lars, I want to, before we wrap things up, I, I want to ask you about your book, Success is Waiting, The Martial Arts School Owner's Guide to Teaching Business and Life. And I actually wanted to have a copy in my hand, but it's, I don't, it's in the mail. There we go. <laughs> I, love it. I always have a copy of the book around somewhere. <laughs> Can you share a bit what is what is in the what is in the book and what's the philosophies around that? Is this and and knowing what I know of just being in your presence for two of your your talks, is is that sort of the foundation of the book or um, yeah? Tell us more about about the book. The, the book is a hundred percent true truisms and all anecdotal stories that I have anecdotal stories that have that I've learned, that I've lived through during the, the, the past. At the time, I wrote the book several years ago, uh, the 40 plus years of teaching and working with people, working with different people. So the, the first part of the book is loaded with anecdotal stories that I'm sure every martial arts teacher has experienced. And I talk about how I dealt with that anecdotal experience and what it taught me and how I learned about human nature because of this anecdotal experience that I had at the, at the, the dojo. Another section of the of the uh, dojo goes to examples of good, great customer service. How to how to be aware and how to be appreciative. And uh, so we have a section there on outstanding student service. And the last section is uh, basically on running the business and techniques and skills to acquire a successful dojo, whether saving a certain percentage of your income every month or, or planning ahead or so it's basically a little bit of it starts with my history, uh, what got me interested in the martial arts, uh, anecdotal stories that have happened through the years, student service tips, and, and quite frankly, business tips. And you know, one of the things that got me so it, it keeps me excited is I started my karate training in 1966 with George Matson. I don't know if that name rings a bell. He was the first. American to receive a black belt in in Okinawan karate, Weijiru karate. And believe it or not, he's 86 years old. He's still teaching two or three times a week down in Florida. So I still have my original teacher after all these years, which I wow. think is I'm very proud of. And he's been an inspiration to me. And I think primarily what I've learned from him is uh, perseverance. You know, when we went ahead to, and my dream was to build our own school, I was mocked, laughed at, Realtors, they, they would, you're crazy. You'll never get a loan. You'll never get that kind of money to run a karate school. In those days, karate schools were little storefronts. You know, you could roll up the rug, take down the heavy bag and be gone. And, uh, and from my teacher, primarily perseverance, stick with what you want to do, believe in what you want to do. Don't listen to the naysayers. And I think that's great advice for every martial arts dojo owner. If, if, if you want something, go for it. There's nothing that can hold you back except your own personal belief. And we teach people, believe in yourselves, be self-confident. So we have to be that. We can't be afraid to ask for X amount of dollars for tuition and saying, this is the greatest thing you'll ever do. And then be, be, be 
lacking in confidence to say this is what I sh fairly should should charge uh, should charge fairly. If that makes any sense. So uh, um, the, the other thing that I, I find as time goes on and we're celebrating our 50th anniversary, and I think all true martial artists will find this to be true. Uh, it's a joyful experience, and it gets more joyful as time goes by because you understand it more. The more you understand it, the more happy it makes you. So I, I really believe that uh, if, if a young school owner is out there, keep at it, stick with it, plow through it. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful experience, and we can do so much good for our communities by running a proper martial arts school. You can help so many people. It's, it's just a, a, one, a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> I love it. It's, uh, and I'm, and I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned charging your worth because I, I really feel you do a disservice when you don't charge your worth where, where you I might agree be a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, you might be thinking you're doing people a favor, but you're not because it, it's just true that people, when people pay, they pay attention. And when they, they pay more, they value it more. And, and if it's, you know, it can't be the best thing in the world if I'm paying next to nothing for it. So there's got to be, it's got to weigh up the, the financial, what I invest has got to weigh up with the quality of service that I'm, that I'm getting. Yeah. Yes. And, and if you don't charge, if you charge a, a pittance, that shows you what that shows that the value you think of it. I mean, it, it's 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 uh, so I, I'm I get that so many times when I talk to especially young school owners. Well, I really should be charging more. Well, charge more and make it worth you know. But but one little one little tip that that we do whenever we have an increase in tuition, whenever we do, we add some kind of value to the program whether it's an upgrade in the changing rooms, whether it's an advanced, an extra class, whether it's uh, more private lessons or, or whatever. So we never go up on tuition without adding some kind of value to, to what's going on here. But I think it's, 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 it's kind of sad when teachers will think that I really, this is the best thing since sliced bread. It's great. We have the best program. But I can't charge that. That's that's too much. I can't charge that. And a lot of times people don't understand how 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 they how they should charge. They pick a number out of the air and say, "Well, that's a good that's a good number. That's not the way to do it." You know, you write down your pros and cons, your expenses, your uh, your income, what you need to run not only your school but your household, and uh, come up with a come up with a, a figure. If I have a hundred students, I have to charge this. If I have three hundred students, I have to charge this to to cover expenses, et cetera. And there's, it, it, there's no, we add so much to the community. The, the martial arts school owner deserves to make a good living, deserves to make a good living. Is every bit as important as any doctor in the community, as any lawyer in the community, as any CPA in the community. And they don't do half of what the good that, 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 we, that we do. So I would encourage every school owner, especially new school owners, to be bold and say, "No, this is back back up what you say by by charging what what is a fair a fair, fair right." And people will appreciate that. People people will appreciate that. And we have, I think, probably probably the, the highest tuition around. We have probably 
biggest school around. So it's like, it's, it's, you said it earlier. If you charge something, uh, a fair price of value, people will value it. It's, it's, you know, when, as I historically, as I look, when our tuition went up, our retention got better. Amazing. Isn't that strange? People valued it more, you know? There's a, there's a famous copywriter, Dan Kennedy. Um, I don't know if you've read any of his books. Yes, I know who he is, yes. Right. Uh, so Dan Kennedy's philosophy on, on pricing is your, your, only strategic, your only strategic competitive edge in the market is to be the most expensive. Not the second most expensive, not the third, but the most. Um, and when you're the most expensive, then you've set yourself as a category of, of one. Because why are you the most expensive? then people start to ask questions. And it's like, if you had to walk into a Mercedes motor, motor garage versus a Kia, they're both great vehicles. They both get you from A to B, but Mercedes probably going to have a nicer floor. Salespeople are maybe going to be dressed more professional. It's going to be a different level of experience. You're going to, you're going to so feel true. the experience because you're that, going to, that is, yeah. That is so true. Bingo. hundred percent. That is, that is so articulated so well that, that, that's that, that's very 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 true too awesome so well, I, I, I would we, we have a wonderful thing going on and i know you do a tremendous amount of good through your through your teachings and and the opportunities you present present to other school owners so kudos to you and uh it's it's a wonderful thing that we do and uh Let's just keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Buzz, thanks so much for hanging out. I, I much appreciate your time. And it's always a pleasure to be in your presence and learning from you and your philosophies. Um, I always, I walk away recharged. So that's, that's, that's amazing. Well, where well, can thank people, you. But I, I, I think, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Where, where can people go and, and learn about you? And um, if they want to reach out to you, if, if that's, if that's an option. If anyone wants to talk to me, they can reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk to any school owners. If you're interested in my philosophy and stuff, the book is on Amazon and it's, it's done pretty, pretty well, actually. So um, I, 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 I value our friendship very much. It was a pleasure meeting you the first time. And every time I, I meet with you, I like you more. So everything's good. That's awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Buzz, thanks so much. Have a great evening. And I'll my, speak to you soon. My pleasure. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Bye-bye. Right. How epic was that? Did you get some value and some insight from Buzz Durkin? What is the one thing that you can grab from this and implement in your school today? Reach out to me wherever you find me on social, on Facebook. Just look me up or shoot me an email, george at martialartsmedia.com. And let me know what is the one thing that you got from this. I would love to know. And if you got a lot of value out of this, do me a favor and please share it with one of your martial arts friends, with an instructor, a school owner. And even better, if you can tag me where you do that, I will give you all the praise for sharing, sharing this episode and passing on the magic. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, martialartsmedia.com forward slash 147. You'll find the show notes and all the video that we spoke about in the in, uh, right in the beginning of all the black belts. 
And if you need help growing and scaling your martial arts school, we have a great community we call Partners where we get together every week, we mastermind and share some awesome marketing strategies, business growth strategies and so forth. If you want to know more, reach out to our website, go to our website martialartsmedia.com forward slash scale and this is a short little form. Tell me a bit about yourself, what you have going on, what you're working on or where you're stuck and I'll reach out and see if we can be of help. All right. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.